everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Today, we're covering the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 with Chris Love. Welcome, Chris. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Fear Street. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. You're my, <laughs> very, first, you're my very first horror podcast. I've been on oh, many a oh. podcast. <laughs> you will not... This will not be your last. Like, literally, I'm going to be like, hey, girl, that's scary. Hey, brother ghoulish. Hey, buddy, bro. <laughs> like, you're going to be like, I'm done talking to all of y'all. I just want peace. <laughs> 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 uh, but Chris is here to help us kick off this month of December. Category is fucked up families, because this is Fear Street, and we know what holiday seasons really mean here. Right. <laughs> and how best to start it than with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 1974 yeah. original. Right. All right. But before we get to that, we're going to get to know Chris a little bit. So number one, we always start with this. Chris, what is your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie, this is really easy for me. The greatest of all time is The Descent. Mm. I love that movie so much that I actually did a lecture on it for one of my girlfriend's women's studies, women's in film classes. And it's because it's scary. It's dark, it's atmospheric, but it's all about women. In fact, mm -hmm. the only man in the movie takes an L like within the first couple of minutes and he gets like half a line out. I don't, I don't even think he lasted a minute. And it's over, right? It, and it's over for him. And the rest of the movie is focused on these women and they all fit into like their specific archetype tropes that we have in horror. But right. it's not like creepy DP tits and ass kind of <laughs> a, a sort of examination and really looking into the characters of these women and how they are interacting with each other and how they're interacting with the environment and the monsters, you know, for good right. measure at the end. Now, right. if I had a dollar for a time I didn't see tits and ass in a horror movie, I would have $5. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you, but the one we're going to talk about today <laughs> that, that ain't a true. tit or an ass in the <laughs> Not a one. They were carrying a, a different kind of demographic. They were like, you don't want to see the tits and ass, you want to see the screaming and the torture. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. All right. Um, so Chris, is is uh, like monsters cave your favorite subgenre actually my favorite subgenre is also very specific it is uh new french extremity films yes i yes. i stand for a new french extremity film all day long and twice on sundays because i think that you get a good mix of like you get a good mix of gore. None of them are like easy to look at with respect to the horror and violence and gore. But there's also some underlying political message underneath that has to do with the history of the time in France when these movies were being made. But I think that they feel very universal. And especially now when we're going through 
a lot of political unrest in America and throughout the world, right? I think that these films kind of speak to the fears that come along with that political unrest. So I've been revisiting a bunch of them lately. Um, and, you know, they just, they do something to my heart. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We need to get into those, Shereen. Listen, I just watched High Tension because Jane the Mechanic mm -hmm. told me about it. High Tension is so good. High Tension is a really good one. And there are a lot of... Um, Rewatching it lately, it's interesting to see kind of like the the gay panic themes in that mm -hmm. movie that mm -hmm. weren't actually, you know, easily for easy for me to pick up the first time I watched it like 50, mm -hmm. 11 years ago. And to see yeah. that now and to see how like we've kind of evolved, it's really interesting. I have a really funny story about high tension. So I watched it in theaters. Oh. You know the you know the whole gay panic thing in that film. Mm -hmm. I was watching it with my mother as a young <laughs> gay twenty something person <laughs> in Branson, Missouri, of all oh, places. Mormon too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's too Missouri for me, and I'm from Missouri. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Even I've never been to Branson. <laughs> There's no reason for you to go. I don't think people that Mama, like us go to Branson. True. No, that's very, very true. In my defense, my mother at the time was living in Branson, so I had to be there. Right. <laughs> I have not been back since. You are a good son. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So, Chris, tell us, what's your horror origin story? What got you into this crazy mess? My mom and her sisters were big horror fans. And I have memories as early as like four trying to sit with my mom and watch horror movies. Cause you know, you'd like to cling to your mom, right? But I didn't understand what was necessarily going on, but I pick up on like, oh, that music sounds scary, mom. Right? So those right. Sort of, sorts of things. So I watched a lot of horror movies like through my little fingers yes, and yes. with the covers over my head. But the first one that I actually watched, watched, was Friday the 13th part two. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best one. It really, truly is, okay? And so I, um, we were at my grandparents' house uh, in Durham, North Carolina. And so I was in the back room with my grandmother and everybody was watching the movie up front. My aunts, my uncles, my cousins. And so I heard them like laughing and screaming and all that kind of stuff. And I kept on asking my grandma, I was like, do you think it's scary, Grandma? Do you think it's scary? And she's like, child, go up there. And so I did. And I watched it from beginning to end. And there's something about watching like your first horror movie with a group of people who are really into it, right? And so mm -hmm. I thought it was the most amazing thing. And after that, I could not stop watching horror movies. And it was a way for me to actually hang out with my older cousins. Because I'm one of those that's kind of in the middle. And so I had these older cousins and then it was me and then it was like my littler siblings. And so I would find ways to hang out with my cousins and watch like, the, you know, splatter hoarder movies in the 80s were a big thing. I'm old. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> like, so that would be a way that I could hang out with my older cousins is watch those horror movies, the really yeah. gross, disgusting ones, Phantasm and all those kinds of things. So, right. <laughs> so it, right. And so now I'm trying to pass that on to my children and... It's not sticking. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> My youngest is seven and she'll watch at things. Like she watched Halloween Kills with us. And she was like, this is boring. But she dressed up as Michael Myers for Halloween too. So, you know. See, sometimes kids are tricky because they'll say, mm -hmm. like, oh, this is boring, but they're really liking it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they just don't they just don't want to tell they don't want to know that you're succeeding. They don't want to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, kids are haters. They're yes. haters. They really are. By the time yeah. they're 18, they're like, Mom, thank you so much for making me watch these movies. Right, I right. did enjoy them the whole time. Right. My little brother is a Taurus and I'm a Gemini, so we almost murdered each other as children. But like <laughs> When we were in the same house, he was like, I hate everything you watch. I hate everything you listen to. And the second I moved out, he's like, I love all your music. Can I borrow all your stuff? Um, mm-hmm. You know, this new CD coming out from so-and-so. And I'm like, because you a tourist, you had to be rude. And you could never get it on the whole damn time. Sheree and her Taurus hate. I just, oh, listen. my goodness. My off, goodness. off the shoulder. Off the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> all this Gemini slander, but they ain't asking who talking to us when shit pop off. Like, <laughs> I'm just a lonely cancer. Okay, over here. I'm in my feelings all the time, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, one of my best friends where I actually live, not here where I'm visiting, um, one of my best friends where I actually live is a cancer. And like when they told me, I was like, I already knew. I, I still knew. <laughs> and they were like, that's rude. And I was like, well. <laughs> if the shoe fits. If the shoe fits, exactly. <laughs> no, you are what you are. I'm just saying I've seen it in you and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Chris, plug any social media or any special projects you have going on so the listeners can follow you and follow what you're doing. Okay, so my only open social media, because the rest of that shit is private, um, is my Twitter. And that's at Legally Love. I talk about politics a lot. I talk about reproductive justice and I talk about horror. I'm also part of the team from the Frontline doing an IG show every Thursday called Spilling the Tea. And it's on the Frontline's uh, IG. And it's three Black women, including myself, um, Leslie Mack and Ceci Sparrow. And we talk about the issues of the day from a Black woman perspective. So we talk about politics. We've talked a lot about horror this month or or this past month because of me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Right. Right. We talk about it because of me. But, you know, so you can find me there every Thursday. And also I will be, I do a spooky season calendar every year. And this year I've been talked into doing a uh, happy Halloween or holidays horror calendar. So I'll be doing something for uh, holiday horror movies and I'll have that, you know, plugged up to my Twitter somehow once I get it done, but it'll be Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa themed movies. I cannot <laughs> themed corner movies for the entire <laughs> holiday season. I cannot wait. I'm one of those people who watches all of the winter and holiday movies, knowing full well I hate most of the holiday ones. Right. I'm like, is the turkey really evil or do you want it to be evil? But I do it. <laughs> I do it. I love them. <laughs> I love them. I love Christmas and Halloween them. and I love it when they mix together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, like what time do y'all normally go on Instagram on Thursdays? Oh, so it's 3 p.m. Eastern time and 12 p.m. my time in Arizona. But I think we're at this point where we're recording this, we're doing this weekend is daylight savings time. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be a switch. It won't be a switch for me because Arizona stays exactly where we are. We don't do the we don't do any moving, but I think it'll be like two o'clock. Eastern time instead, unless they decide to keep it at three and then I have to move. So, <laughs> so, the, so the answer is I don't know. <laughs> like, I was just asking because at the end of the month, um, starting again in January because we wrapped up this year, but we normally do Thursday, Thursdays, which is live at six central PM. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like y'all would be fun guests to have at some point next year for Thursday Thursday. I think yes. we would love it. I think yeah. we would love it. And I've gotten them very into horror, especially oh, yeah. Sussy. And she's been following my uh, my spooky season calendars for the past three years, awesome. which is fine. Yay. Is there is there a way to watch you guys if it's not live? Like, do you have like an archive? Or something? Yes, they do have a YouTube channel, and okay. I will look that up for you. But it's uh, the front line. Okay. It'll be at the front line, um, and the front cool. line is an organization, a political organization that does a lot of groundwork for Black folks, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the South, but all over the country. Here for it. Um- love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's switch things up and get into this film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Chris, why don't you know what are your first thoughts? Um, my first thought is this film sucks. Well, I thought my first thought was, oh, they chose me for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But then I thought, I was like, I didn't like that film, so I have a lot to say. <laughs> I I'm I'm I feel like I've been lied to for like years. Right. I think that when people hear the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and even for me, it's been like a decade since I'd seen this yeah. original version, right? So when you hear the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you expect you're thinking, oh, it's gonna be scary and bloody, and you think Leatherface, and you think all of these like late 70s or 70s, 80s slasher movie tropes. And it is absolutely none of that. And <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I can't express my disappointment enough. <laughs> but I mean, but starting out, my the funniest thing I thought about was, you know, in the beginning, the very beginning of this movie, there's like the scrolling text. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, you know, this is based in a true story, right? It says in so many it's words, it's based on a true story. And so that's I was like, oh, this is one of those first based on a true story thing. I think The Exorcist came out like, the year before this one did. Mm -hmm. And so The Exorcist was like the big based on a true story. And that marketing was really successful for The Exorcist. So why not try it with this one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Except this ain't based in shit. It is not a true story. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I think Toby Hooper, who was the director, said that, you know, he kind of loosely based Leatherface on Ed Gein and some other serial killers and took, like, elements of things that he knew. But there is no person that is like Leatherface. There is no incident where there there was, like, this crazy cannibal family that we know of. There were some grave robbing incidents, and I think that that's important, especially with kind of, like, the broadcast, like the the yeah. radio thing that's happening at the beginning of the credits and everything where you can hear the stories and all that kind of stuff. And so there's, you know, they talk about this grave robbing thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's happened. But ain't none of this based on no true story that's ever happened. And I think that we will find that theme throughout horror till the end of time that, you know, yep. it's based on a true story things or very no. loosely, you loosely. know, that interpretation is, that interpreta- yeah. interpretation is wide. No, they love to lie to people. Because they're just like, this might not be scary. So let's make you think it's based on a true story. And I'm like, you ain't got to tell that lie. We know what we got here for. And listen, when you're a kid, you get pissed. Like, I watched Blair Witch Project, and I was pissed when I found out that wasn't a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, I was like 12 when it came out. But I was still like, what? I have been lied to. (laughs) I was always that bitch. And I was like, if this is found footage, why are they getting so many good angles? Why is, how many cameras they got? Because they said they had one. 
one is in black and white, one is in color. People are like, you just enjoyed the movie. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> Where did the B-roll come from? Right? <laughs> right? Like, how we find this footage if this place is haunted and she killed everybody who set foot in it? Like, who set foot and came back out? Right. Ooh, I got questions. And they were like, don't watch things with her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that that scrolling footage and the, and the radio stuff was kind of the most effective stuff of, of this entire film. Mm-hmm. And that, that was done, and I was like, well, here we are. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. I feel like that, and I was looking at it because, you know, we're recording this right on the heels of October being done, right? And so mm-hmm. I watched six weeks of horror movies, right? Every day. And so I thought that the opening credits for this was probably one of the more effective opening credits that I've seen in horror because it really does the thing to set this mood. And, you know, it does a little bit of exposition in it, too, because, you know, nothing right. in a horror movie cannot have, like, no meaning, right? So it does a little exposition about it, the movie, and the grave robbers, and, like, you know, crazy stuff. But then the one thing I heard that kind of piqued my interest was the fact that they talked about in this radio broadcast that some building in Atlanta had collapsed. There was a building collapse and they were going after the contractors. And I thought, oh, this is really timely because I'm just thinking about that building collapse in Florida that happened Mm -hmm. um, over the summer. And I was like, hmm, well, that is interesting. That makes it feel more real and more scary. But that was in 1974 when they did this. And to see that this stuff is like so timely, you know, that, opening credit scenes will last till the dawn of time, or till the end of time, even though the movie falls apart immediately like Immediately. immediately. <laughs> oh, oh, like, mm. uh, my first my first note is I don't like the way Franklin is portrayed because... Let's get into it. <laughs> the, the 70s specifically were all about throwing an actor in a wheelchair and then making the actor all of the awful things they could throw at it. And mm-hmm. so... Like, it's one thing to have a person in a wheelchair because, like, those people are out here, but they are competent. They can, like, they're independent. They're not assholes who were like, how old is he? Because he talks in weird voices and he has these weird moments. And I'm just like, this feels very Rob Zombie and I don't like it. This is mm-hmm. problematic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, way they just look at him, like, he gets cut up by the dude and they just stand there and look and... You know, he falls down, he falls down the hill for no reason, right. and they just walk. It's like, <laughs> right? When, when he, that's the first shot. I'm pretty sure right after the credits is they're on the side of the road, and the truck drives by, and then suddenly this wheelchair is flying down the road, the hill. How does that happen? Wheelchairs have brakes. Like anyone that's in a wheelchair knows that they. Like I work with tons of people that are in wheelchairs. They have brakes, and they will use them. Uh, especially when you're trying to get them to go somewhere they don't want to go. No, not today, Satan. Let Franklin take a piss without right. causing some drama. <laughs> <laughs> I also noted the complete lack of accessibility, and it was the '80s, right? I mean, the '70s, 70s right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, accessibility wasn't a thing. The ADA was not a thing, right? So mm-hmm. it's like. Franklin can't go anywhere. Like they were yeah. trying to wheel him around in this rickety ass house and wheel him through like the Texas, Louisiana desert and do all of it. You know, if they had planks for his wheelchair to get out of yeah. the, you know, the yeah. mystery machine. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I was like, first.
first off, why do we put him in a wheelchair? Because it doesn't add anything to the story. It's mm-hmm. not about him overcoming anything in his wheelchair. He's just mm-hmm. there in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Secondly, like this group of hippies, I'm imagining, because like who else just hops in a van and goes like out into the woods to like screw around? <laughs> Most of us are like, we're in civilization. Let's just find a bed. Okay, but, like, so I, I did you, you. I was confused why they were out too, but they mm-hmm. were going because Sally's grandfather was mm-hmm. one of the graves that were like dug up. Mm-hmm. Why she was like, I must go to the cemetery to see this. I don't know, but that's why they were out. That was but the I'll... dumbest motivation oh, for anything Because who grabs your friends to go out when your grandfather's grave is dug up? Like, also, <laughs> like, what kind of friends? Like, that's a sexy time. Let's hop in this van and like run off so we can go screw around in the woods. Again, I don't understand what was up in the 70s where people were like, I'm willing to drive nine days to go get laid in some trees. Like, are there no trees where you live? <laughs> what is the question about these trees? Because this is every fucking movie. And I love a good slasher. I love a good throwback movie. But like, I'm like, this plot is very familiar. <laughs> it's like, let's hop in this van and go get cut up because we got to go sleep right there by that one specific lake. It has to be Camp Crystal Lake. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> like, why? And it's always got to be a van. <laughs> always, always. I'm just like, did everybody, creep van. did everybody have a band in the 70s? Is that what it was? They were like, I'm, clean out the stuff on the ride. They were I, all I, taking group vacations. Listen, <laughs> I also found out this actor that played Franklin, Toby Hooper, was not impressed by him when he auditioned for The Hitchhiker. And so he's like, you can play Franklin. And I think <gasps> that's another reason this character is mishandled because they were like, eh, this dude can play it because we don't like him that much. And Ooh. also, which I understand it's the 70s, but like in the opening credits, I was already like, because didn't they say something like Sally and her invalid brother? Or yes. something like, and I was like, okay. And her five more. friends. And I just, the whole thing didn't make any sense to me. I don't care. But Sally got, Sally and Franklin got some parents, yeah. right? They couldn't have checked on the grave robbers. Like, <laughs> that's the other right. thing. Who sends their kids? Who's like, hey, your grandfather was dug up. Grab your brother and three of your friends and go out to the woods for debauchery. <laughs> it just, it don't, it don't make sense. It don't make sense. And I get None that it was like, no, I get that they were like, how about we Scooby do it with meat hooks? But this is not the way. Right. <laughs> and so like, you have to get past a lot of shenanigans in order to watch the movie to begin with. Oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> also, uh, yeah. how old were they supposed to be? Because they all look like they're in their thirties, but they're doing teenager shit, and so I didn't know where we're at time wise in their lives. They never say. There's no character development, so no. we don't know. No, all we know is that Sally and Franklin are brother and sister, and that's Sally it. and I, and Sally and I think the other the Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, were together. Won't leave without Jerry. She will not leave without Jerry. Listen, I'm like, dang, poor Franklin. <laughs> She's so concerned about. Jerry and, and, and the, Kirk and that other girl, she don't give a fuck about. She's like, well, they got right, no, no, I won't leave without Jerry. Jerry. And I was like, uh, I know that I'm not the most romantic person and I'm a commitment phobic, but you better believe I'm not gonna stick around in the weird woods looking for no man. Like Listen, you better find his way back. <laughs> I am happily married for almost 10 years, and I will tell you what, my husband knows that I will leave his ass. Listen. Yes. Listen. One hundred percent. No, when I, I down, would expect him to do the same for me. Same, same. If somebody was like, "I'm gonna stick around for you," I'm like, "Use a fool," because <laughs> <laughs> I'm making my way out. <laughs> Can we just take a second and talk about this this situation with the hitchhiker in the first place? Because, like, okay. <laughs> He looked weird and creepy as hell on the side of the road doing a little dance or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, and he's got bones. Like, and 
why? It was a choice. That's that man on Bumble and your friend's like, he's a fixer upper. And I'm like, no, he's a serial killer. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, that this is, you know, one of the things that didn't age well with the movie, right? It's very 70s. Like, you know, they're hippie characters. So, you know, they're doing the hitchhiker thing and all that kind of stuff. But then even me just sitting here thinking about if there was ever an instance where, number one, I would pick up a hitchhiker, which would be no. But number two, <laughs> if I could even successfully hitchhike, right? Because I think about, like, my safety as a Black person. Right? <laughs> right? I'm like, can Black people, did Black people hitchhike in the 70s? No. I don't know. I, we, you know. We still can't today. Like, no. If the car breaks down, it's like, I guess we got to be careful and walk forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I had, when I was taking my notes, I had thought about those two cases where, you know, black folks got shot just going up to people's houses for help because their cars were yeah. down. Like Jonathan Farrell, he's the one that was in Charlotte where his car broke down and he went to a house to ask for help and they shot him. So yeah. I'm like, no, nah, it's just something that it's just something that, you know, I would our people can't do. So I don't, can't. it's not something I can relate to. We can't. You know. No, we can't even go cross country. I remember just growing up in Missouri, like when I finally like, got out of my mother's house, I was riding around with my friends who were white and so they could go pop into these small towns. But when I'm in the car, it's like, who's this colored girl? And I was like, oh no, we in Missouri still. Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh no, I forgot racism exists. I'm like, I'm sure you did, Holly. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get to have the van of people just randomly going to go screw around in the woods. Because also, why are we going to the woods? I feel like Black people in general are like, don't we have beds? Don't we have houses? Right. Just, <laughs> and I don't know too many Black folks that are going to be roaming around the Texas-Louisiana border. For oh, no reason. Go check friend. out your friend's grandfather's grave. No. <laughs> I didn't want to be in Texas when I was in grad school in Texas. So you better believe I would not be in a van just rolling across it for no fucking reason. Listen, I, live, I currently live in Arizona, Neff said. Listen, <laughs> I, I was so ready to leave Lubbock that I didn't even walk in my graduation and I earned that diploma. I was so busy packing to get the hell out. <laughs> they were like, you weren't there. And I was like, mm -hmm. I've been here for three years. You've seen me. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, I think that brings up like, the fact that just white people feel very free in the first place. And the whole time I was watching this, I was like, oh, these little white kids, they can just do whatever they want to. They can go to their neighbor's house and ask yeah. for a cup of sugar. Right. Or they can go searching through the woods for strangers to, you know, to help them with gas or whatever. And it was funny because the guy at the gas station in the beginning told them, don't be lurking around. Don't be going to strangers. People don't cotton too, you know, cotton too well to strangers around here, right? And they just ignore that. Yeah. <laughs> they just do yeah. what they want to. No, because they're white kids. Walk into people's houses, like, and then and when he, they walked into the house and didn't immediately turn around with all those bones and shit that were hanging all over the place and blood splattered walls. That, so they went to two houses essentially. Like one house was completely like deserted and like dilapidated. Mm -hmm. they're gonna Franklin was gonna fall through the floor at any minute. And then they went to the other house with a face in it. But like, mm -hmm. didn't they say their grandfather owned that first house? That first or one. Like That's how they should have been in, but they was out wandering around because they, again, are white kids who can do whatever they fucking want. So they're like, what's this house? This door's open. I'm going in. It's such a property. Why are you in right. this house? 
Oh Why yeah, the first you... yeah, the first two were like, we're gonna go swimming, and I was like, there's a pool. There's, there's a, a lake? swimming hole. There's a swimming hole. <laughs> there's a creek somewhere right. around here. Uh, it's a creek. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be country. It's a creek. <laughs> I, I know. As a '90s kid, I was spoiled in that we had like TV and stuff. But, but I think that even in the '70s, I wouldn't have been like, "Ooh, there's dirty water to go jump in. Let's go." Because they were like, "Let's run to it." <laughs> and and but I think the thing that I thought was really funny about this is, you know, because it's not a you know a classic slasher in a lot of ways. It's like you think that oh, we're gonna go swimming in something else, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, because there needs to be sex in a damn horror movie, right? Always. So I thought that was coded for. Yeah, we're gonna go to the creek, right? And you know, we go, we go bone. And we'll be back in an hour, right? And it just didn't happen that they way. Instead, they found this really suspicious house in the middle of nowhere with no driveway, no nothing. They're like, let's go knock on this door. Let's that sounds safe. Talk, let's also talk about how you go off, like, go ahead and have sex with whoever you wrote down here with, and you're like, this house is more interesting. What are y'all doing? <laughs> What are y'all doing? Because you're like, we rode through Texas to go sleep on these specific twigs, but I see a house, so just can't wait. <laughs> I'm like, clearly y'all weren't really about it. Y'all just, were y'all just bored at home? <laughs> so many missed opportunities. <laughs> like, had they went ahead and gotten it on on those branches, they might have been alive, and but listen, we'll never know. And listen, Kirk was a little attractive. I would not have been opposed to have seen that. I mean, Kurt was cute. I don't know. What's his face? He was, cute. he was cute with Jerry, that's for sure. Yes, Jerry. She was like, I won't leave without Jerry. I was like, this is a blessing disguise, lady. You need to put your brother there away. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I just didn't know how old any of them were. I was like, they're either 30, pretending to be 18, or they're supposedly 18, pretending. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know. Kudos to no character development. I think no that was intentional too. I think I remember seeing something years ago where um, Toby Hooper said that he couldn't have made this film to today. Thank goodness. Because he <laughs> said that, you know, then they would try, you know, the studio would try to put in more story. They try to put yeah. in more character we development. Characters. They try to put in more plot. That's one of my biggest issues is I don't, none of these characters are likable. No. None of them. And like, there's no character development, so I don't care if they live or die. I'm just like, oh, he's dead. Oh, she's dead. Oh, she's screaming for 30 minutes, and now she's dead. Like, yeah. I don't care. I, I, I agree. kill her first. I, <laughs> I agree to the lack of character, because I don't even care if they're likable. I just need to know something about them, so I'm rooting for them. Because, like, I love an unlikable character. I'm like, this is a bitch, and I'm ready to follow her to the end of this movie. But uh-huh. this girl was just like, Jerry's my only objective. Oh, no, shit's popped off. I'm going to scream for 20 minutes. And I'm just like, that's not, I don't, because how are you going to hide from someone who's louder than you? So you're going to let him know where you're at at all times by screaming. I thought the same thing. Let me run to the woods so I can scream so I can find yeah. out where I'm going. Right? <sighs> you can't hide with your mouth open and you screaming because he's like, oh, she over there. He's going to chainsaw. That is the best noise to cover up whatever you're doing. And you're mm-hmm. like, don't forget about me. Ah. <laughs> well, and the way she rolled Jerry, I mean, Franklin to his death. Right? <laughs> she literally, they did Franklin so, did so dirty. dirty. <laughs> <laughs> that whole, okay, so like as he's being like chainsaw, she's standing there in different poses, just screaming. She's like, ah, hands on the head. Ah, hands on the hips. Ah, hands on the back. And I was like, I know that it's the 70s and we were all on a lot of drugs, but like, I feel like there are other ways to do this. 
<sighs> it was and, it was terrible. And I saw so when I went to uh, Letterbox to make my one star review, I <laughs> saw that that's such a Yelp energy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that Sheree, all of our friends put like four and five stars, and I was like, oh my god, why? Um, and someone even put her screams were so believable, and I was like, no, she just screamed the whole time. Yeah. That's not believable. No. There is there is this subsection of a horror movies that exists for men who like to hear women scream, and this is one of them. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was a '90s baby, like TBS would like show this while the violence taken out and other horror movies, and it, a lot of them were just like bucket of blood on her as she's half naked because we can show her boobs but not violence. This, mm-hmm. and she's gonna scream. This did feel like super early torture porn film without the gore. Without the torture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they beat her with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> well, she got her ass kicked with a broom. I was listen, like, you don't want to live. You don't want to live. I hollered when I saw that scene. And I, rewound, I, I, I had to rewind it a few times just to laugh at it again. But I also took pictures and posted it on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I know it's been a while, but I completely forgot that she got her ass beat with a broom. Broom. And let let that old man knock the knife out of her hand. (laughs) I was like, Sally don't want to survive. I hit her, not even with like the broom stick part of the broom. It was like the, the, the like fan part of the broom. She got a straw allergy and then just took her out. She was like, I got my Benadryl. Oh no. Sally (laughs) is a terrible silent. Girl, she's no. a terrible final girl. Uh, she's she only a live. final girl. She, she's only a final girl because she lucked into it. Mm-hmm. Like she happened to be driving. She happened to run out onto the road when a truck came and ran a little boy over. And then <laughs> the the truck driver helped her get through the van mm-hmm. to the other side. Let uh, me tell you, the truck driver was the only one that put up a fight worth fighting in this movie. True. As far as he's the real, yes. he's the real yes. hero. He's he the is. real final girl. <laughs> He's the real like, final boy. They're like, we're gonna give you one brown person. We won't give him any lines, Mm-mm. but he's gonna like do some damage to Leatherface and then run off. I mean, like, that was the realest shit, though. That was the realest part of this movie. <laughs> what gets to me about the truck driver is, and the way it was written and handled, is that he isn't a giant ass truck. Like he is like cross country driving with somebody's shit in the back of a truck. He pulls over for her, and Leatherface is like playing on the side of his truck, and instead of them driving off, they climb out the side of the truck and run. <laughs> I'm like, you could just, you could, he's not even, Leatherface is just like, I'm going to decorate your truck on the side, because he's also high, he's the 70s, and so he's tripping acid. And, and I'm like, you can just leave. You don't have to get out. You don't have to get out. I'm pretty sure the way truck driving works, granted, I'm not an I'm not a expert, so if I'm wrong, let me know. But I'm pretty sure, like, you own, like, the truck drivers own the truck. Mm-hmm. So that's his truck. It doesn't matter if it's damaged. Just keep driving. Right. Yeah. It's a big rig. And like it was still on the road. It was still on the road. Because there'd been the one thing and he like swerved and hit a tree or something. And I'd be like, maybe you need to run. But right. it was just like there. He like stopped it to check on her and was like, oh no, let's climb through it. And I'm like, no, if you could throw a wrench at Leatherface while running, you could throw a wrench from your window and hit him in the hand <laughs> right. even more directly and drive the fuck off. Well, I'm yeah, because like, he, he grabbed the wrench from the cab of his drug, the truck as he was climbing out the other side. <laughs> I, the math don't math. The math it don't math. Not. It doesn't. It's so funny because it was the realest part to me because I know me. If I saw danger coming, I would just keep a running. And he did. Like, what happened to him? And I don't know, but he lived. Because he kept running. He's, <laughs> he ran out of the frame and we never saw him. Because I, I had to read. I thought... 
Because, okay, I like looked down at my phone for a split second and then I looked up and she's in the truck and then there's no one, there's a driver and there's no one. I was like, what happened to him? And they did not kill him. They did not. And so I rewound and I was like, oh, no, there he goes. He just kept, he just kept going. Yeah. It was funny because he was trying to run away from her because she was making, doing all that flailing and yeah. Leatherface was right behind her. So I understand why he took off. Right. right. Um, because she now. was acting foolish and then acted like she couldn't climb into the truck. <laughs> she was having a hard right. time climbing right. into the truck in the back of the truck at the end. And I was like, Sally is so fucking useless. <laughs> Again, her survival game is weak because like we've seen so many final girls, like even before we started this podcast, and like most of them want to live. She's out like he hit me with a broom. Oh no. <laughs> to scream at all times because this is that kind of movie mm-hmm. and i'm just tired that's a very it's a very white male thing to be like i need to see her scream at all times work those mm-hmm. lungs out for us because like men are weird and like i just <laughs> i want that's off this it. planet i want off the planet i just yeah. <clears throat> I like what in what universe do you grab a big ass knife and you get ready to use that and you let someone hit you with not the stick of the broom, the fan part of the broom, yeah. to knock the knife out your hand. You don't yeah. deserve to live. I was no. hoping that they would kill her. Listen, she was done. <laughs> listen, listen. Team Leatherface, like, okay? <laughs> so many people have been hit with brooms and they have persevered. And so the fact that she was just like, oh no, that's the final straw. I'm like, Sally, Sally, do you do you want to live, baby? What's going on in your real world? Like, I don't think you want to go back. Let's unpack that. <laughs> Like chase through the woods with a chainsaw and go get taken out by a broom. She screamed for 20 minutes. She screamed everything and anything for 20 minutes. I and... almost muted my television. I was like, I can't. I, I've got a headache now. I I don't need to hear five more minutes of you screaming. But her I... teeth looked really good the whole time. Like she had yeah. blood covering her face, but her teeth were pearly right? white. Right? Like she went to a dentist for taking this road trip. But <laughs> like I just <laughs> I like a final girl that knows how to run and hide quietly. Like to yes. borrow from Jazz, um, a girl that's scary. You mm-hmm. should be like the G in lasagna, silent when you are eating chips. Silent. Truly. I don't know that I know how to scream. I'm 44 years old and you know, I've lived a full life of yelling and singing and cheerleading and all that shit. And I don't know that I could even muster that kind of scream anymore, but you know what I can do? Be still. Right. All right. those years of video because games have taught me. <laughs> just, be, just be still and get down. No, that's right. I would be hidden until I starved to death because you know what I'm not going to do? Fight somebody with a chainsaw. No. There yeah. is no fight. There, that's not a fight. <laughs> there is not. If it was just him in the broom, that's one thing. But like him in the chainsaw, that's a different story. That's the one where I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is for real. Like she could have kneecapped that dude. She could have swept the leg. She could have done so much. She could have done anything. She had a full on knife and she didn't use it. She was like, oh no, broom beats knife. I'm like, this is the worst game of rock paper scissors I've ever seen in my fucking life. Sadly, <laughs> do better. And that was a good knife too, because you saw yeah. how you grabbed it and cut the rope with it. Yeah. I was like, that's a sharp knife, bitch. You could have done something with that's that. That's what he was using to like cut up human meat. Oh, cook. yeah, the barbecue. <laughs> but like, and, and the reason why it doesn't seem natural to scream like that is because it's not. <laughs> Your survival skills make you don't, like most people don't do that. Mm-hmm. And the, you, if it's a jump scare, you might go, ah! But like, you're not just going to continue screaming for 30 minutes. It yeah. doesn't, 
you're. Well, it isn't helping, really. Right? Him, it's helping your killer. So congratulations. <laughs> Even if that is your go-to for when you're like stressed and trauma, <laughs> like is just scream consistently. Because like some children are like, shit's popping off. I'm gonna cry and scream. That's children, one yeah. thing. Um, but like as an adult, you would think that you'd be like, I need to survive, <clears> and he can hear me over his chainsaw, so I'm fucking up. Let me right. again mm-hmm. be like the G in lasagna and be silent, <laughs> as Jazz that. puts it. I love that. Because like, Jazz good. says it, I drop my phone. I just my phone's <laughs> gonna crack one day because of lasagna, and I'm gonna let it <laughs> And I know we need a lot of like white lady nonsense to motivate any horror movie, right? Like any and all horror movies. In fact, yeah. I think I. What did I just watch? The Silent House. No, no, no. Antlers. No. I went to see Antlers. And oh, I was like, me. this movie is great, but this white lady, not, like of all the white lady nonsense, right? <laughs> so I get it. Like you need, because somebody has to be stupid in order for a horror movie to like yeah. have the action and all that kind of stuff. But, but everyone doesn't have to be stupid. There's right? the, the final girl is usually smart. <laughs> right. Not Sally. Not I was Sally. like, okay, well, maybe the smartest person should be the one to live at the end. But Sally was clearly the least smart person in the whole movie. She didn't deserve yeah. it. She didn't deserve yeah. to live. But, I, you know, I think that she, you know, in later movies, she ends up, like, being alive and having babies and stuff. And it gets really weird. So it gets really weird. So I don't see any of the sequels, and I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I'm a finisher, and I have to be able to fight people with actual, like... <laughs> Factual evidence. I can't just be like, I didn't have a good time, and I'm sure I won't get better. I have to be like, I watched it all. I didn't have a good time. Close <laughs> to your mother. I'm right. Right. One of the so, things I, one of the things ahead. I will say is that this family of white men doing shady shit in the woods is very Missouri. I forgot it was in Texas for a minute because it could have easily been Missouri Chainsaw Massacre, and I'd have been like, oh yeah, right. When did Deliverance come out? Do you know? Because I feel Ooh. like. There was, uh, you know, this might have been a trend in, you know, weird, like, I know that Toby Hooper said that, you know, part of this was inspired by the fact that he grew up in the cut with, you know, some interesting PWTs. (laughs) Yeah, Deliverance Deliverance was 72. Get it, Chris, get it. Because, like, the 70s were so many horror movies set in the woods because it's cheaper and, to film there. And you could throw actors around back then. Nobody cared. They're like, oh, right. no. She got yeah. injured. Whoops. Yeah. And then, you, <laughs> and then you had Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes, Have eyes. in 77. Mm-hmm. See, there's a, there's a, it's, it's this, there's got to be something historical or political to this, right? And the fact that, you know, all of these folks that were supposedly left behind and live in the woods and off the grid and all that kind of stuff and how they're portrayed is, you know, crazy. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's some truth to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't feel like that, to, you know, I don't, I, I think that that's an interesting thing that that's what horror movies pick up on. And I saw this, yeah. God, I can't remember the name of this movie that I saw last year about this woman who's like in Kentucky and she's like a photographer and she witnesses these, you know, these yokely dudes kill somebody in the woods in Kentucky or Tennessee or yep. wherever the fuck it was. And then they chase her. Right. And I was like, gosh, this feels like all of those movies, like Deliverance or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where, you know, these people are not where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They're white people still. Always. But they're not the right kind of white people to oh. escape, you know, whatever the weird shit that's going on yeah. is happening. Right. And so 
And I think that that goes back to like feeling free when you're a white lady and you can go anywhere and you can right? do anything. You can, right? you know, you can try to solve the mystery or you can skulk around in the woods or you can, you know, open up people's houses and stuff. It's just, <laughs> no. it's amazing to me. No, like, and that's why there's like this, this giant dividing line and what is scary because like a lot of white people are like, oh my God, I'm so terrified. And most of us are like, nah. <laughs> because like we don't understand what it's like to be out here just riding your privilege vibing <laughs> and then it's like oh no we're where we're supposed to be at all times <laughs> like, we are not crossing lines we are not hitchhiking we are not rolling up in strangers houses yelling is anybody there we are right. at the cabin we've reserved which is close right. to the city <laughs> right and one of one of my biggest frustrations with this film is in is in the the plot, the process, because there is, there's a there's very, very thin plot line. Very thin. And it takes us, so the first kill does not happen until 30 minutes into the film, and then there's less than an hour left. And that we've spent that first 30 minutes not building character, not building atmosphere or tone. We just built it, we spent it in a car where a hitchhiker gets picked up for no reason, and then in a weird abandoned home which we don't need to be at in the first, like it just, there's nothing to make me care. And mm-hmm. then when you want me to care and be scared for these characters, I don't. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, Jerry's dead. Okay. Oh, Sally lived. Congratulations. Let's move on. <laughs> right. This is definitely one of those movies that exists in the time that it was made. Because again, back then people were like, it's a horror movie. You can tell us it's based on a true story and you can show us something we haven't seen before. And it's the greatest. We're seeing some shit. We've lived through some shit. We're not afraid of Leatherface because he's in his own space. If we don't go to him, he ain't looking for us. Right. Like, <laughs> don't start now, won't be now. <laughs> right, right. Don't go to his house and you're fine, which is another reason why I think that it's not as terrifying today as it was back then. Right. Because back then, like, nobody was connected. We're all constantly online. So we're all with everybody all day long to be like, so and so said, what do you? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> your train broke down, what? When back then, your friends are like, we're getting in a van to go do some white shit in the woods. And you don't hear from them for a while. You're like, oh no, what happened? Are they still with us? <laughs> well, I think it was funny too because this movie came out like what I said, 74. And it was in the context of like all of these other like exploitation movies that came out, whether they were Grindhouse or black black exploitation movies. And those things were way more violent than this thing that was a horror movie, right? And way more bloody and way more sexy, but also those movies were getting X ratings, right? And so I think one of the things that they wanted to do with this movie is they wanted it to be available to as broad an audience as possible. So they stripped out the sex and they stripped out a lot of the blood, hoping that they would get a lower rating, right? Like get a PG rating so more people could go see it. But I think that that makes it ineffective for me, considering the time period that was in and the other things that were coming out. Yeah, The Exorcist was not bloody, but it was surely gory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They no, like, that little girl. <laughs> that little girl did a lot. No, like if nothing else, The Exorcist has something that bothers everybody, whether or not they're religious, because a lot of us grew up in a home with someone who has some sort of faith. And so we have like weird attachments to like, I 
these icons and these like mementos and things. And so like the exorcist seeing her with a crucifix, I was like, oh no, I thought I was right and I'm not right anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That disturbed me on a level which I didn't know I could be disturbed on because I'm not super religious. I'm kind Mm -hmm. of agnostic. But like, I can't see people doing things like that because again, it's ingrained. It's in there somewhere, even if you don't know it's there. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you, of that. <laughs> and, and so, and like, okay, so I looked up another film that was made in the 70s because this feels really similar, except this one is, is actually based on a true story. <laughs> the Town That Dreaded Sundown. Oh, yes, yes. Which is near and dear to my heart, even though I hate the movie, because <laughs> I live in Arkansas mm-hmm. and my grandmother was at about a, mi- a couple miles away from Arkadelphia when all that mm-hmm. was actually happening. Oh, jeez. Like, her father had to drive her friends home, and, like, they wanted to borrow his guns because no one felt safe. And, like, mm-hmm. but the thing that I don't like about that movie, again, and maybe this is just a 70s thing, there's no character built. Like, there's no characters. Mm-hmm. It's it That movie, and this one, too, to a worse degree, almost, feels like journalism if it were a fictional film. <laughs> Does that make sense? Because they're the trying to—they're trying to just show everyone at face value and the, not get me to care about anything. The seventies was very surface level still because, like, film had not hit that thing. Like you were saying, Toby Hooper's like, I couldn't do this today because, mm-hmm. like, back then it was like, just give us some youngish people. Because again, I don't know if they're thirty or eighteen. Give us some youngish <laughs> people and cut them up, right? And that's what you got to do, and you got to do it for under a thousand dollars. And they right. were like, done and done. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think about what's scary, you know, putting scary in context, right? Because what's yeah. scary to us now is probably not what was scary to folks in the 70s and vice versa, right? Fair, so fair. I think like, you know, the, the fact that, um, you know, first of all, these were really low budget movies, so it's not like they had great script writers. <laughs> so <laughs> they even had they gave them $35 and like a piece of pizza and said, right? Go, right? But these are good also- projects. <laughs> But also, I think that um, what was scary for them was kind of the unknown with this kind of subgenre of like these, you know, locally backwoods, you know, white people. And that was enough, right? That was enough for them. But now, because we have so much information and we've seen it time and time again, that's not scary to us. We already know that exists. We know. We know that exists. We when know there's creepy white now, people out in the woods trying right, to kill us. What's this? <laughs> we know the stuff I don't know. Like, you right. know, that movie that I'm going to watch today about that house under the lake or whatever. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to yeah. watch that today. That scares me because I don't like like water or deep sea because I don't know what's down there, y'all. It's Listen. true. That's a fair point. <laughs> no, no, it's true because like I know that like when like my grandmother and my mother were kids, like people weren't tweeting about serial killers. So mm-hmm. whatever one was around, I was like, oh no, lock our doors. The world is a scary place. Mm-hmm. And now like we have so many. It's like That's what do you true mean? crime which, podcast? Right? It's right. always like, wait, which killer are we talking about? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know about this one. And fill me right. in. Or oh, is that one? Like you have to right. be so specific now because there's so many out here working and a society is celebrating all of them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. don't stop giving them attention and maybe they'll stop like get out of pocket. But they're like, no, let's make some trading cards. Let's have like this really hot <laughs> actor play the serial killer so the girls will come and see it. I'm like, mm-hmm. Charles Manson has had enough movies. We don't need like hot the young actors. Two years like, even. Like, listen, stop giving him attention. We put him away for a reason. <laughs> stop doing it. Stop doing it. We celebrate the wrong things here. That is America. I will say, I will say one theme that I I wish they'd gone further with this theme. I do think this theme is kind of scary, is the idea that to this this family, these kids, teenagers, adults, however old they were, were cattle, were like just Mm -hmm. 
cat for the slaughter, which they didn't really play with enough as a theme. As at, outside of yeah, they drove by a cattle farm mm-hmm. and they talked about how they kill the cows mm-hmm. and then they kind of kill them just as mercilessly right. later on. But they, but like, if you really want to go that far, treat them like cows. Mm-hmm. Catch them, put them in a cage. But you know, like that's scary. That's scarier to me than just like boop, you're dead by. Right. One of the things I do want to make sure we hit on is the way that the dad didn't have a taste for killing. But he would cook people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's some white man shit to be like, I don't want to get my hands dirty, but I won't partake. But I'll, I'll grill. I'll do the right? grill. <laughs> that way I'm innocent. I didn't kill anybody. I just cooked and ate them. I didn't right, kill them. Right. I'm not a monster. I'm not making the potato salad. But right? you know, if I put a burger on, you know, right? I can have my beer and do the thing. Pure energy is what it was. Pure energy. <laughs> be like, I'm not oppressing you. I'm just voting against whatever you're trying to make happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you bring that up the theme because I think Toby Hooper said a number of times that this movie was about meat. Right? The people were the meat, so the people were the cattle. But he also, before he made this movie, became vegan. And oh. so there's a lot of right. So there's a lot of like anti meat industrial complex kind of messaging in here. Like he's, I think he said something about the slaughterhouse that they used, um, that they drove by in the movie was like a slaughterhouse that he grew up down the street from or what have you. And so I think that those, those um, messages are in there. Yeah. But I don't think that they took them to where they could have gone or where they yeah. should have gone. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there was a message to be, there was a message. Yeah. To be had in there, and then it just didn't. Yeah, I, it, it never went to was screaming. fully realized. For it me. went to twenty <laughs> minutes of screaming. Right, <laughs> this, no, but this makes it. This I'm happy to have that part to contextualize it because that mm-hmm. makes it. It makes it a little bit more. It makes it a little less annoying. It makes it make a little bit more sense because, like, mm-hmm. if you just trade out these van of people for like a, one of those vans of like cows. Mm-hmm. And then, like, of course, like animals are gonna scream because, like, mm-hmm. that's all pigs do when they see the stuff coming. And that makes it make more sense. It kind of, so hear me out. I feel like had this been done, like maybe animated with cows or something, <laughs> that would have come across and it would have made more sense than what we have here. Mm-hmm. But now I kind of see where some people are like, oh yeah, especially like the hardcore vegetarians, I can see mm-hmm. them being like, yeah, this is the movie. And I that's a Peta, message I didn't know. I think PETA even said, like gave this movie an award or something for having its anti, you know, its yeah. vegan or vegetarian messaging in it, which is funny because we didn't really see anybody Eat. And, like the food was there, like yeah. the barbecue cooking. was there, yeah. and cooking, and it was on. I feel plates, like but... I feel like if he had had a better script that could have really played with those themes, like maybe this cannibal family lived on an old cow farm, and instead of killing cows, they killed humans. Like that's mm-hmm. terrifying. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm down. I'm there with yeah. you. That's scary. They're displaced yeah. slaughterhouse workers, right? Yeah. No. And yeah, that's that's a really I think it's a really interesting thing that could have played out really well, but for the fact that they weren't <laughs> they just couldn't write for shit. <laughs> no, like now that you say that, I keep seeing the things differently. Like I'm seeing when I tie Sally up at the table, like mm-hmm. how people have like pets that are chickens, even though they eat chicken uh-huh. and things like that. And it makes it makes some of the things make a little bit more sense. It just was not elevated enough to like get that without you having to be like let me do some research. Right. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I remember they did like an E True Hollywood stories on this. Like, so all of like the knowledge that I have about 
Texas like, Chainsaw Massacre comes from that that aired like 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that episode is out there those. somewhere, right? I, <laughs> I used to watch those all it. the time. <laughs> right. Can we um, talk about Leatherface and yes. like his coding and yes. you know because I was gonna bring because I saw your note about this, his like the end mask that he has on is clearly feminine. Mm-hmm. I just feel like uh what were they trying to say about Leatherface in this? And then I thought about it a little bit more. And Ed Gein was one of the serial killers that was supposedly the inspiration or one of the inspirations for the Leatherface character. Mm-hmm. And Ed Gein also was the inspiration for Buffalo Bill from Silence of the yeah. Lambs, right? And so one of the things that he did do was he wore a mask made of um, human flesh. But Ed Gein also wore a vest, apparently. He made a vest. And a lot of this was uh, associated with his desire to be a so they're saying that Edgeen was trans and just before tra- being trans was cool or whatever. And so I saw that in kind of the way that they were portraying Leatherface, where he was having, yeah, he had the feminine mask on at the end. He was, the, uh, there was a scene where he was supposedly getting everything ready and he was the one in the kitchen and he was wearing the apron and he had this really high voice. Like when he, um, when they were talking, the father was talking to him, he respond with a little falsetto. Right. right. And, I, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, they're trying to, I think that that's what yeah. they're trying to do, at, you know, as ineloquently as they could do it in the mm. 1970s, right? And how that, again, like, you know, trans panic, gay panic, and how that played into people's reaction and their fear uh, yeah. about this movie, right? Because they were trying to code Leatherface as trans. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes sense point. because... The way the father was interacting with him and the way that, like, all that you just said, I was like, mm-hmm. this is a weird choice because he's been, like, this big dude with a chainsaw. And then he's like, oh, no, my daddy's here. And I was like, right. what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> and his daddy, again, is like, I don't kill people. I just cook them. So, like, why is he in here, like, <laughs> right. trying to get me with his son with the chainsaw? And I'm like, and then, it's just and so they, math. But mm-hmm. then they make the weird zombie grandpa try to mm. kill. Like, what is, was he alive? I think it was because he sucked the girl's th- uh, finger, yeah. remember? It was gross. I was like, who does he want to shame in? He was barely alive. He looked like a little worm. He was barely oh. alive. Yeah, no, he's running just... for office in Texas right now. Like he's... <laughs> I think I'm going to block that out of my memory from now on, that scene where he's sucking her. Oh. Right. It's disgusting. Like All of it was disgusting, but I think it's funny that like this this is the way that it goes, and it also ta- plays into some of these really weird family dynamics since we're talking about family, right? Mm-hmm. If there was no other woman or person coded as a woman in that family, and they brought Sally in to be the mother or whatever, I said, I, I really believe that, you know, Leatherface was kind of the, the mother in the traditional mother yeah. role in that household and how fucked up <laughs> the whole situation was that they were cannibals but they were so, still principled in trying to hold these like this nuclear family sort of yeah. weirdness that was going on and I was just like huh. <laughs> Toby was trying to do something here I mean I think that he did it terribly right oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it wasn't as camp as Rocky Horror or anything like that. But I mean, it was just, I, I thought it was interesting and in how those family dynamics played out and how they were trying to code Leatherface as a woman. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's layers in here. They're just not 
developed. <laughs> not developed or not handled well. That's Ooh. most horror from this era, unfortunately, because I, again, I watch a lot of throwback slashers because I grew up on them, sort of like my blankie, but I put them on now mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is what I was watching when I was eight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I think it, about all of the things that they could get away with in the movies and put it out there and have kids watch them. And now, you know, parents are freaking about it out about the littlest things oh, God, and, yes. you know so it's it's really interesting yes i watched this movie as a child and i watched a lot of really messed up stuff as a kid mm. right yeah, <laughs> yeah. but okay do we consider this as, do we consider this in the subgenre of like the slasher or is this like cannibalism or is this huh? yes. why not both <laughs> well because yes. to me it doesn't feel like a slasher because the body count is not mm-hmm. the characters are not the blood guts are not the sex is not the like we can't we can't go off body count for slashers because a lot of your even your favorite slashers have like two three dead people mm-hmm. so like That's body true. count ain't part of the conversation mm-hmm. but i think that you know actually uh having the tropes that we need for slashers i mean the i feel like there wasn't a lot of signaling of those like you know a slasher has the rules like there's a final girl who has to be like virginal or pure or not even coded as like a sexual being as a woman, right? Yeah. Uh, while we have have that in Sally, I guess she was just fucking annoying. But we didn't know else. anything about but, her to right, know that she right? was single vir- right. virtuous or whatever. No, there was no she's... sex to be yeah. had in this movie. I yeah. mean, unless going to the swimming hole was like... <laughs> she didn't go to the swimming hole, so she's the virgin. There and so are. like, we nailed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess loosely. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. Good. yeah I can see right. this as a slasher, but like, it's just a really weak one. Right. It's a it's an intro slasher. When did Halloween come out? Because I think that that one is like you know everybody feels yeah. that is like the it's like seventy eight, right? Yeah, the original. Yeah. I would give this one the original. I would say it's a slasher, but it was a slasher before all of the troops around slashers had developed. Yeah. So it was charting some ground. Now was it? as effective as some, as some of the things that came afterwards? Absolutely not. And the whole the whole franchise for me is kind of a, a miss. But I think, yeah. you know, it's a slasher. It's a cannibal movie. It's all of the above. It's yeah. got a baddie. And it's got very little motivation for the baddie, actually. <laughs> I, I think that part of the reason people are attached to it is because it's like the last holdout of that generation before Halloween came in in 78 mm-hmm. and was like, we're going to have slasher franchises do more. Cause mm-hmm. like, this is before like all of the franchises that we're still tracking today. This is before Nightmare on Elm street. This is before mm-hmm. child's play. This is before phantasm even. Mm-hmm. And, and like all the other ones that we are still like watching and like writing and dying for. And this was the last one. I think like this and Friday 15th were the last ones to be like, we're just going to the woods to cut some bitches up. Right. And so people are like, we have to keep both of those close to us at all times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would say it's a slasher. I just, you know, I respect its place in history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't need to revisit go-to. it again. It's not my go-to, <laughs> right? And like I tried, like I said, I tried to watch the most recent ones. Um, the last one came out. And I remember it came out, the last one came out, what, a couple years ago, two, two three years ago. And there was some controversy around the director being, a, you know, part of the Me Too mm-hmm. issues. And my uh, uh, God, I want to say, I can't remember whether it was like there was some child abuse going on or something else. Um, so it was like, I 
don't really want to watch this movie. Yeah. 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 Well, I yeah. The other one that I first go to is the 2003 remake with mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Biel. Biel. That's actually pretty good. And Jessica Biel. Yeah. That's a that's a. That's I a that's, that's the remake that I'm like. That is a better film <laughs> yeah. than this no, one. I. I hate a remake reboot, but that's a better movie than this. I just watched it with Jazz, not even three weeks ago, because mm-hmm. we were on Clubhouse. We're like, what should we watch? And we're like, we haven't seen this one in a minute. Right. And it, it's it's better. It's less problematic. Um, there's more of a through line. <laughs> and that's I care that- about the characters for the right. most part. Like they, the <laughs> reason they picked up the hitchhiker makes sense because mm-hmm. she's like stumbling out in the middle of nowhere. They want to help this girl. Yeah, like, that all makes sense. The 70s were the wild, wild west. It was really about grabbing your friends, grabbing a camera, and making some buckets of blood and just doing the things. And again, because mm-hmm. back then, people were afraid of everything because anything was like scandalous. Mm-hmm. And now, this is like a PG-13 movie. <laughs> and kids are watching their slumber parties. But back right. then, it was like, oh no, a chainsaw, that's sick. <laughs> and we're like, a chainsaw, that's two blocks over. That just right. happened last night. <laughs> right. I mean, I every, ha- every haunted house ends up Ends with somebody screaming, chasing you through the house with a chainsaw, a la Leatherface, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And it, it's just standards again shifting because this was definitely a time and a place, and we are no longer in that time or that place. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, as much as I like you, if y'all were on the side of the road with your thumb up, just know that no. I'm driving by. Unless I know you very personally, like if, mm-hmm. if I saw Sheree, did you call me to pick you up? Right. <laughs> I won't get anybody's car. So, like, if you stop for me, I wouldn't trust you. I'd be like, I thought we were cool, but now I don't know. I'm going to keep walking. Well, that's a very real, like, panic theme from the, like, 80s, right? Yeah. um, And so I think it's funny that probably plays really well for the 70s audience. But right now, ain't nobody doing that. Ain't nobody doing that. Mm -hmm. Ride share. Like, the only time you get in a stranger's car is when you get into an Uber or Lyft. And, you know, I saw Spree. (laughs) (laughs) and even with lyft and uber you're like Mm -hmm. hey your name is daniel let me look at your license plate okay let me send this to a friend so my friend knows where i met whose car i got into Mm -hmm. because like again we we are no longer this way where we're just like out here lost in the woods we are Mm -hmm. like she went off the grid two hours ago she lives on facebook something's wrong (laughs) exactly exactly all right, well, let's get spicy, even though we kind of already, I've already <laughs> talked about mine, I know. <laughs> yes, that's been the spiciest. I have right. DMs for this one. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry, everyone. It's just... <laughs> All right, I'm Chris. having fun, so I mean, oh, I, don't know about, I don't know about anybody else. but <laughs> right, So I think that I talked a little bit about some of the, the deeper themes that were in the movie, but my hot take is that Toby Hooper ain't that deep. <laughs> I, you know, and like I said, you all picked up on some of the themes, right? But we all determined that they were not well developed or developed enough that anybody would even care about them. And just because the themes are there, and there's like themes about Vietnam, because this was his response to the Vietnam War, and, you know, talking about veganism to even dealing with serial killers. Just because those things were there doesn't make this a good movie. And it just no. wasn't. <laughs> like, it no. just and wasn't. I didn't get the Vietnam part at all. Like, where did that well, come into this? Yeah, I, you know, I had to do a little bit of reading up on that yeah. because this was his, like, response to Vietnam, at, you know, toward the end of the war and all that kind of stuff and kind of dealing with anxieties and these hippie kids and blah, 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 right? So it was there, but it wasn't there enough that 
I personally cared about any of it and it didn't add anything to the story per se. And the one thing that they really should have developed with respect to meat and the meat industry and people being treated like the animals that we consume and all that kind of stuff. That was so deeply buried and not really um, realized enough. My hot take is I don't, I, I mean, we already knew this. It's not even a hot take. It's a very cold take for horror fans. I don't know what the fuck the variety guy was talking about when he said Halloween is a ripoff of this. Because mm. part of the reason we scheduled this is so I can rewatch it to be like, ah, he's full of shit. But also, I like to be <laughs> factual. So I'm going to do the research and like watch the movie and then be like, yeah, you're full of shit. <laughs> they are completely different movies, completely different moments, completely different moods. Uh, yeah, and I want to hear his defense about like, where did that come he from? He did a defense. He came back two months later and was like, I stand by my wrong stance. And people were like, just go away. You are paid by variety. Just say you don't do horror movies and don't cover anymore. Don't right. be like, I made a bad decision and I'm going to keep doing it because I'm white. But don't do that. <laughs> the only similarities I can see between these two movies is that they were low budget and they were made by white people who went on to have great careers afterwards. But that was about, that's where the the similarities begin and end. Because yeah. Michael Myers wasn't even a thing. Like, masked oh. Michael Myers wasn't even a Right. They both wore masks. They both killed people. They both have movies. They both are movies. (laughs) And Halloween. What year did that even come out? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. So how how is this a Texas Chainsaw Massacre massacre that predated Halloween? He said Halloween's a knockoff of this. Oh. And people were like, uh, have you seen these movies? And he was like, I'm a white man on the internet. I don't need to see it. That's like saying similar. any like that's any horror film could be if you're gonna go that far to be like people died so it's a ripoff then every horror film is a ripoff of every, of every horror. Candyman and Freddy are ripoffs. Listen, each other. <laughs> I feel like I there's so many horror movies that are ripoffs of each other that that could have been a conversation for so many other movies. Why would you mm-hmm. pick these two to be spicy and get in like the lexicon on Twitter real quick? Because who wants to be known for being wrong other than white men? What? <laughs> like, well, because I'll take my fame, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the weakest of hot takes, though. That was like the lucas warm of hot takes. So, yeah, it doesn't. So, my hot take I've been talking about this whole time. Um, I just don't understand the hype of this movie. Like, people try to put Leatherface into like the, the pantheon of horror killers, and I'm just like, this movie, this, this, he doesn't deserve it. This movie is not that good. Um, I'm not rooting for any of these characters. They're all terrible, horrible people. There's hardly any tension built. The kills don't scare me because a, there's no tension because I don't care about. I don't care if they live or die. And b, there's just nothing. They're there and they're dead. Bye. Okay, I don't care. Moving on. And then like the remake is better, a hundred percent. And I usually <laughs> wouldn't say that. I usually am like. The original gets the even uh, you know just out of respect usually, but like this one, the remake is better one hundred percent. We know I hate remakes and reboots. Again, that's because of my brand, and I don't. <laughs> but it's not because I respect the original unless the original <laughs> deserve the respect. Because a lot of mm-hmm. movies are mid oh, and people yeah. put them as classics, and I'm just like that was trash, and so is the remake. But mm-hmm. I will say that in this case, the remake is it's better. It smooths some things out. It's not as problematic, and like I just yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be a third on that one. I just, I agree that yeah. the, the remake is better. Don't watch any of the other 
parts <laughs> of this franchise. Just save yourself. Yeah. Save yourself the, some time. Just do the 2003 <laughs> Jessica Biel with her low-rise jeans and her cowboy hat. <laughs> it was a moment. It was a moment. She, was, she was fresh moment. off of Seventh Heaven because she was the bad girl that got thrown off the show. I forgot what she did. But then, she like, she's TP'd, wilding out. She TP'd the basketball field or basketball court. I mean, in real life, because she was oh. on WB on Seventh Heaven, and she started doing stuff in real life, and people were like she's too messy for Seventh Heaven. This is not our brand, and she so she leave the show. She showed her belly, probably, probably, and then know. she ended up with Justin Timberlake, who's also a problematic well, people. Yeah. Well, like problematic people from the 90s and 2000s always end up together, right? They do. <laughs> they that clown car rolls around collecting them every day, and they're right. like, it's my turn to get in. That's <laughs> right. So, yeah, I don't remember what Jessica Biel did, but that show was terrible. Anyway, I never so... watched it. I lived on the WB because I was a tween, and right. I was here for Pacey on Dawson's Creek. I was here for Buffy. I was here for everybody, but that show. I was like, oh, Monday nights, you're dead, WB. And they were mm. like, bitch. <laughs> I, like, well, no. I, I sadly watched it, and I remember... When she TP, I remember watching it even as a teenager. And she was like, she TP'd the basketball court. And I was like, oh, okay. That Mary, she was the Camden that was the troublemaker. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But yes, only watch the 2003 version with Jessica Biel because it's the only one worth watching, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah, it's a royal flush or whatever they call that in poker. I don't play, but we all agree. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a full house? Was it? Oh, oh no. no, that that was just three of a kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three of a kind. <laughs> three of a kind, ace high. We're got, we got. There we go. Okay, we're gonna win this hand. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, that's our thoughts on the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> we, it, I enjoyed it. Sheree, I'm sure enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> this was fun. We'll have to have you back on Fear Street soon. Maybe a Thirsty Thursday. We'll have to get Yay, in touch that. That would guys. be lovely. Give me a, give me a movie that I like next time, though. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I yes. like just about everything. No. Like we we have your form. This was just like we are doing family, so let's go ahead and collect some of these moms we haven't used yet. Because yeah, as a mom, yeah, as a mom, no. yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not something that I would show <laughs> to my child who I'm trying to get to like horror movies. There you go. I, so yeah, we should for people who don't follow us on social media, we put out a call a few months ago to be like. Where are the moms who watch horror? Because we kept reading into these themes of like families and things, and there was no mom present. And so you have me, and I'm not child friendly. <laughs> I'm like, what if a real mom in the conversation talk about families instead of me just being like, I doubt this. And we got like a bunch of moms. Like, um, AJ from D180 recommended you, and we were like, yes. When we saw your form. <laughs> And so we're like, we want to use more of our moms this season because, like, that's just a resource we don't see often on podcasts and in mm-hmm. horror. Because they're like, oh, she's a mom, so ignore her. And it's like, no, moms are still cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm a cool mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a cool mom. <laughs> All right, yes, thank you again. Next up, uh, next week, we're going to be covering The People Under the Stairs with another mom, Miss Angel Barzi. Yay. Um, and that's going to continue our month of talking about fucked up families because nothing <laughs> says holidays more than a fucked up family at a dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, thank you, Chris. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.